You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is the third in a series of episodes all about British slang. In uh, previous episodes, I've covered um, slang terms from A to C and slang terms from D to G. So in this one, we're going to continue my list of slang, starting with the letter H. Um, Slang, of course, means informal vocabulary, um, which um, kind of wor- which means words that you tend to use with your friends in informal situations. Slang is not normally appropriate for formal contexts. For example, business meetings, or uh, if you ever um, meet uh, the Queen, for example, you shouldn't use slang in that situation. Obviously, it's very unlikely that you're going to meet the Queen, but I don't know. I don't know who you are. Maybe you're a head of state. Maybe, um, you know, you're the, the, the prime minister of a, a country somewhere and you're listening to Luke's English podcast in order to know exactly how you should communicate with different types of people. Well, if you are one of those people, then you can use slang to kind of like hang out with some English speaking people in the bar or in a coffee shop or something. But when it comes time for you to meet um, the queen, for example, in a very formal a very um, posh situation, this is not the kind of language you should be using. But if you want to know how to chat and to converse with um, native speakers of English in a natural way, or if you just want to understand um, a lot of natural uh, British English when you hear it, for example, in movies or TV shows or just generally online, um, then these words will be important for you. Um, so I've created a list of slang terms. Some of it, some of these terms, some some of the items in this list, I just uh, um, copied from uh, or lists that already existed online. Some of the terms I just added myself, um, and they represent um, um, like commonly occurring slang terms in British English. Okay, so. Um, we're going to continue with the list, and um, we are up to the letter H. So the first word I have here, starting with H, is the word haggle. To haggle. So haggle is a verb. That's H-A-G-G-L-E. And to haggle basically means to negotiate the price of something. So if you're bu- if you're buying something in a market, let's say you're buying a nice hat in a market, now sometimes you might need to um, argue or, or negotiate the price of that item with the, the seller. Okay, so for example, it might go something like this. Um, hello, hello, mate, how can I help you? Are you interested in, in buying one of these nice hats? And I'd say, yes, I am, actually. I, I rather like that green one. It's, it's, uh, it's really nice. And he says, yes, it's lovely handmade, um, handmade hat. Um, and I'd say, so how much is it? And he says, well, this one is, um, this one is uh, on sale for £100. £100, really? Um, no, don't worry about it, mate. It's all right. Never mind. Thanks anyway. And the shopkeeper goes, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Um you know, feel free to make me another offer. Um, how, how much do you how much do you want to give for it? And I'd say, well, to be honest, I was looking at more like fifty pounds. 
And the guy goes, £50? No way. That I'm not going to give you a 50% discount. I'm sorry. No. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll do it for... I'll do it for 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 ninety. Uh, no, sorry, that's 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 not enough of a discount. Um, how about okay? How about sixty? I'll buy it for sixty. And he goes, no, mate, no, I can't do that. I'm afraid. No, this is this is a good quality hat. I can't sell it for sixty. Um, you know, I I buy them for for sixty five. Um, come on, mate, I need to make a profit. And you and and he says, all right, come on, come on, I'll sell it to you for eighty. That's the best I can do, eighty pounds. And then you say, "No, eighty eighty is still too much, in my opinion. I I can get these hats in other places. I've seen them like this in other places, and they're they're a lot cheaper than your prices." And you say to him, "Come on, then, let's meet in the middle. Let's meet halfway. Um, I'll give you seventy pounds for it." And the guy goes, "All right, then, seventy pounds done." And there you go. You've agreed on the price of seventy pounds for the hat. You haggled with the uh, the the shopkeeper. You haggled with the guy, and uh, you agreed on a price. So that's it, basically. Um, haggling. It's also known as bartering, um, and and that's it. To haggle over something. Um, it's um, it's not that common to haggle over price in shops in England in the UK. We don't normally haggle over price, only if it's in a market. Um, it's not always expected either in, in a market situation. Um, often, we don't haggle that much. Um, you, you, you might haggle over the, the, the purchase of a used car or something like that, but it's not that common. It's not as common as it is in other countries. I mean, if you go to Morocco, for example, and you go to a, a market there, Marrakesh, then haggling is like standard. It's really, really common. In many cultures, haggling is very, very normal. Um, going to India, for example, um, whenever, whenever I've, I've bought things in India, you always haggle. You haggle over everything. But uh, in England, it's not that common to haggle over things. So I wonder if, you, if it's common in your country to haggle. Is, is haggling very important? Uh, is, it, is it very common? Let me know. Leave a comment. The next item on the list is the word hard. Hard, right? H-A-R-D, hard. Now, we know that hard means difficult. It also means uh, not soft, you know, like uh, a hard wood, for example. Um, but in slang, hard can, can um, well, it can mean two things. One thing is a little bit rude, and the other thing is not very rude. So the, the rude one is um, if, if a man is, is hard, it means that he's sexually excited, if you know what I mean. It means he's got some wood in his trousers. He's hard. So that's the rude meaning. It means that his, his penis is erect, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? He's hard. Right, that's, that's one meaning, slightly rude. The other meaning of the word hard is that if a man is hard, then he's tough. He's... he's He's a hard bastard. It means if you have a fight with him, he'll probably win the fight. He's really hard. He's the hardest geezer in the pub. So someone who's hard would be, yeah, someone really tough, really strong, and really good at fighting, right? Um, so you are. He's a bit of an hard bastard. Means that he's 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 hard and he's good at fighting. Um, it's strange, isn't it, that. It means the sexual thing, and it means the, the, the fighting thing too. 
bit bit sort of uh, strange that. Um, so um, yeah, if you if you get drunk, um, if you get drunk and you end up in a fight, the person might say, "You think you're hard? You know, I'll show you something like that." Um, there you go, hard. So it means tough, strong, uh, good at fighting, and it also means when a, when a when a man's member is um you know proud let's say okay moving on to the next word the next word is higher higher and normally it's it's said like this higher 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 just means high or high there and it's just a friendly way of saying hello higher you know higher how are you doing fine thanks you know higher meaning hello Okay, the next one is the expression horses for courses. Well, it's just horses for courses, isn't it? Horses, you know, the animal. Horses for courses. And this just basically means that um, what is appropriate for one thing might not be appropriate for another thing, right? So you, you should use one approach for one situation but you should probably use a different approach for another situation or maybe what uh, one person likes it one way and another person might like it another way it's horses for courses isn't it what suits one person might be horrible for someone else okay um, so it could it could um, it could be used to talk about musical tastes so you could um, you could be watching like the X factor with your friends and one of the singers comes comes on, and she starts singing. Um, I don't know. She starts singing like uh, "Hey Jude" by the Beatles, but she's singing it in that kind of modern X Factor kind of way. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. And your friend goes, "Wow, she's got an amazing voice," and you go, "She's got a terrible voice. It sounds awful." All that, uh, uh, what is that? That's that's not singing. It sounds like she's having a fit. Hey, Jude. That's not singing. That's someone having a mental breakdown, isn't it? And your friend goes, oh, I like it. And then your other friend goes, well, it's horses for courses, isn't it? You know, it does, she doesn't, he, your friend likes it, but you don't like it. Horses for courses. Right. Another, another situation it works in for me is um, a, a teaching situation. I might find that one class, one class tends to respond well to certain activities, um, and another class doesn't. And then you just think, well, it's horses for courses. I'll do it this way for this class, and I'll do it another way for another class. Right? Okay. Well, horses for courses. Some people like it that way. Other people like it the other way. And the expression really comes from horse racing. Horse racing. Um, a course. In horse racing means the um, the kind of the track that the horse has to run around and there's different types of course you've got like a uh, speed courses where it's just flat and the, the horses have to run around in a circle you have jumping courses where the the horses have to jump over hedges um, and things like that so obviously you would use a different horse to run in a different course so if you've got a, um, a course that involves lots of, of jumping then you're going to need a, a horse that's able to jump and it's quite quite agile. If you've got um, a course which is very short and flat, then you'll need a horse which is um, which has got a lot of speed, 
and it doesn't need a lot of stamina. It can just run really fast over a short distance. But if you've got a course which is extremely long and flat, then you're going to need a horse that's not only fast but is uh, but also has stamina. So you know you should choose the appropriate horse for the the relevant course. It's horses for courses, isn't it? Yeah. Um, right. So there there is another expression I think you hear in American English sometimes, which is similar to horses for courses, and that is uh, different strokes for different folks, which is similar. It means you know you 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 treat some people. In you know you you deal with uh, some people in in one way, and and you deal with other people in another way because people are different. You have to have different approaches for them, different strokes for different folks. Um, right. So the next word is hump, H U M P, and this is another one that's got several meanings. Let's start with the less rude meaning. Isn't it funny actually how in English there are so many double meanings. I'm going to come to that in a moment. So the word hump. Um, now, normally this this word is used in an expression like "she's got the hump," "she has got the hump," or to to have the hump or to get the hump. Normally, she's got the hump. She's got the hump. Now, I think is it is it a kind of a London thing? Maybe because when it's pronounced, often the H is not is not included. So you hear. Oh, she's got the ump, which means she has got the hump. And that means that she is in a bad mood. She's angry, for example. She's got the ump. It's like, um, oh, you're in the pub again, are you? Uh, what happened? What, where's your wife? Oh, she's not coming now. She's got the ump, meaning she's, she's angry with me. She's in a bad mood. To have the hump, to get the hump. Normally, he's got the hump. Normally, it's women who have the hump, it seems. She's got the she's got the ump, meaning she's um, she's angry with me. She's got the hump. It's very colloquial, that one. I don't think it's the sort of thing that native that I don't think it's the sort of thing that learners of English are going to use. But if you hear it, it's the sort of thing you definitely hear in a TV show like the like EastEnders. Um, I don't think it's something that you should use. It's more something that you should know. Um, so that's the less rude version of hump. He's got, she's got the hump, meaning she's in a bad mood. There is a, a ruder version of the word hump. It's a, it's a verb, and it means to have sex, right? So if, if two people are humping, it means they're having sex, all right? So um, strange, isn't it, that, that there's, there's always like a rude meaning to a lot of words in English, uh, we like innuendo. We like the the double meanings, especially when they're rude. Um, there's a lot of flexibility in the language, certainly for humour, because words have got a lot of double meanings. It opens the door for humour in the language. There's always the potential there for a joke. I'm sure it's the same in other languages too. Um, so you also might hear the word hump to refer to a, a part of the body like, for example, a camel. A camel has um, a large hump on its back. Famously, camels have uh, a large hump on their back, right? And I think the Black Eyed Peas, you know that group, uh, the Black Eyed Peas, they did a song called My, my Humps, My Humps, My Lovely Lady Lumps, or something like that. Um, and that's, that's the lead singer, Fergie, referring to the curves of her body, 
right? Her her lovely, sexy lady body with her lovely lady humps and her lady lumps. So she's there referring to the attractive shapes of her body. Um, so hump. Okay, so three uses of the word hump there. One to refer to, um, you know, uh, curves in the body. For example, the hump on the back of a camel. Um, another one referring to the act of having sex to hump someone, right? And then the, the other one to have the hump, or she's got the hump with me. She's got the hump with me, meaning she's angry or annoyed with me. All right. Um, there's so much, so many meanings, aren't there? The next, the next one is hunky-dory. Oh, everything's hunky-dory, mate. Meaning everything's fine. Everything's excellent. Everything is cool and groovy. No worries. Everything's going well. How's it going at home? Oh, it's hunky-dory. Meaning it's fine. Hunky-dory. Okay. Also the name of a David Bowie album, which is a really good album. If you don't know it, David Bowie, hunky-dory. Check it out. It's a brilliant album. Um, the next one. Now we're moving into the letter I here. And we've got um, I'm easy. I'm easy. That's easy to understand. I mean, it's easy to know the words. I'm easy. But really the expression means, oh, it's fine. I don't mind. I don't care. Um, it's all the same to me. Okay. So for example, uh, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, I'm easy. I don't mind. I'm easy. It's like saying, I, I will do anything. I'll do anything that you want to do. I don't have any particular preference. I'll just go along with whatever you're doing. So where do you want to go? Do you want to go to the Black Lion or do you want to go to the ship? I'm easy, meaning I don't mind. Let's go to either one. You, you can decide. Now, watch out because again, I'm easy has got another meaning, a slightly rude one. Now, if you say that someone is easy, it could mean that they are easy to get into bed. Right, it's easy to sleep with that person. Um, normally, we use that expression to refer to women. She's easy. I don't think we use that expression for men because men are just always easy, aren't they? Men are always up for, for having sex, I think. But women, it seems, it's usually more of a challenge to persuade the girl into bed. Some women, apparently, are easier to get into bed than others. So if, if a girl is easy, it means it's easy to, to get her into bed. Is that a positive or negative thing? Well, only you can decide, can't you? It depends on your point of view on these things. But uh, she's easy means that it's easy to get, into, get her into bed. She's well easy. Um, so watch out for that one. Um, it's a little bit pejorative, probably. She's easy. You know, it's probably a little bit of a negative thing to say about someone. Because normally women are not proud to be considered easy, right? Normally, you know, it should be a bit of a challenge. It should be, there should be some effort involved in, in, in getting a, a girl into bed because, um, um, you know, because of the, 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 the value of the girl. Yeah, I'm straying into slightly difficult territory there. But I think you understand the, the expression. One expression meaning I'm easy, meaning I don't mind, I'm, I'm willing to, to go along with your plans, and she's really easy, she's easy, meaning that she's a bit of a slut. <clears throat> it gets a little bit rude at times, um, this slang, 
Right. The next um, the next item is just the word irony, irony or sarcasm. Now these are standard um, cornerstones of British humour, irony and sarcasm. So really, sarcasm is saying one thing but you mean the other thing. You you say one thing but you mean the opposite, and it's intended to be to be humorous, you know. Um, and irony is just the sort of general attitude of um, just saying things in a in a sort of straight way, but there being some humorous intention to what you're doing, and that's very common. We we have a lot of irony and a lot of sarcasm in 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 British humour, um, just everyday humour. In fact, it's possible to just conduct a conversation that apparently is just a straight conversation. It's it's not full of jokes, but none of it's serious. So, for example, if you've just watched a really really bad movie. Let's say, okay, let's say you're a learner of English, you're learning English, and you've just gone to the cinema in England, and you just watched one of the worst films that you've ever seen, and you know that everyone in the cinema hated it, you can just tell because of the atmosphere, and then you, you come out of the cinema with everyone, and you're, you're eavesdropping, you're listening to some of the conversations around you, some of the English people are talking, and there's a couple of lads, and they're chatting about the film, and one of them says, that was probably the greatest work of, of cinematic genius that I've ever seen. And his friend goes, yeah, I think that, I wouldn't be surprised if that wins a lot, a lot of Oscars this year. And, you, and you're listening to this, and you think, did they, did they like the film? No, they didn't, definitely not, because they're just being ironic. It's their way of, of uh, making fun of the movie. So in, instead of coming out of the film and saying, that was terrible, they might say, I thought that was really, really good. Meaning, I thought that was really, really bad. It's just the ironic, sarcastic sense of humour. And it's not always signalled that the fact that they're joking is not always obvious. Um, all right. Now, I'll give you an example. Just the other day, a guy came round to my flat to pick up um, to pick up some documents which um, we'd been keeping here for him. Now he was French, but he I knew that he'd spent a long time in England because immediately he was using the ironic humour. Also, his English was really good, and he had a kind of an English accent. Um, so he was immediately using that kind of ironic humour. So it was basically a big plastic box full of documents which had been taking up a lot of space in the apartment. And he came in and he said, so is it this box here? And I said, yeah, that's it. There you go. Um, and uh, so him and his mate carried it away. And as they were carrying it out, he said to me, um, are you sure you don't want to keep this to use it as a coffee table? So completely straight, you know, ironic. Um, and I responded, I didn't laugh. I knew it was a joke and it, I thought it was funny, but I didn't laugh. And I said, um, well, uh, to be honest, um, it's, I think it's probably better if you use it to, to keep these documents in, really. I think you'd probably find it to be more useful. It would make a lovely coffee table, definitely, but I think you're probably going to need it to carry your documents, aren't you? And he said, yes, that's, 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 that's right. So neither of us laughed, but we weren't being serious. We were just joking. So that's an example of uh, the way irony is used in an in a, in a everyday way to make jokes without it obviously being a joke. Um, right, let's move on to the letter J. And I've just got one word for you. That's the word jammy. You jammy bastard. 
Remember the word bastard is a rude word that you probably shouldn't use. But for some reason, the word jammy goes with the word bastard quite a lot. You jammy bastard. You jammy bastard. Um, so jammy means lucky or fluky. Fluky is another word for lucky. Um, you jammy git. Um, a jammy git. So um, if someone, for example, just uh, won the lottery... They just won £10,000 on the lottery. You could say, hey, I just uh, just won the lottery again. You jammy git. How do you always win? I've never won. You jammy bastard. Jammy just means lucky or fluky. All right. Moving on to the letter K. And we have the word kip. A kip is a short sleep. You know, a snooze, a nap. To have a kip in front of the telly on a Sunday afternoon. I love doing that. I love to eat my Sunday lunch and then have a and just have a little kip in front of the TV. Have a kip, maybe get some kip, or even just kip in front of the TV. So kip can be a verb to kip. Do you want to kip on the floor? So I'd rather kip on the sofa if you don't mind, for example. Or um, um, I'm going to have I'm just going to have a little kip. I'll be you know I'll be back in a, in in a, in a bit. All right, I'm just going to get some kip. To get some kip, to have a kip, or just to kip somewhere means to sleep. All right? Good. Moving on, the word knackered. And I've, I'm sure I've been through this word before. Knackered. K-N-A-C-K-E-R-E-D. Knackered means exhausted, worn out. I'm absolutely knackered, for example. I've been working hard all day teaching people English and I'm absolutely knackered. So you're going to come out tonight. No, I'm knackered. I'm going to stay at home and just, I need, I need to get some kip. Okay, I'm exhausted. I'm knackered. Knackered just means really exhausted, worn out, tired, shagged out, very tired. I'm knackered. Okay, um, knackering as well. Knackering could mean something that makes you tired. It's absolutely knackering, isn't it? You know, I never realised teaching English for, for eight hours a day is absolutely knackering. All right? It means it makes you really tired. Um, okay. Now, the, the word actually comes from um, an old expression, which is a little bit sad, actually. The, the meaning of this word is a little bit of a sad uh, story. So, um, in, in the UK, uh, and I'm sure in many other places, before we had cars and stuff, everyone would use horses. So horses were a really, really common part of, of people's lives. They were used for lots and lots of different things. So lots of people had horses. Um, and uh, basically, when a horse got too old, when it was too old to be useful anymore, they would send the horse off to a place called the knacker's yard. And knack, uh, the knacker's yard is a place where basically they deal with old horses. And it's very sad because they would... Um, uh, put them down. To put an animal down means to, to kill the animal. For example, if your dog is very, very sick, the dog might be taken to the vet and the vet would say, I'm sorry that there's nothing we can do. I'm afraid Fido is, is very ill and I think it's best if we put him down. Um, so to, to just um, have the animal killed. So horses, when they're very old, they would be sent to the knacker's yard where they would be, um, they'd be killed and then the meat would be used for other things. So if your horse is knackered, it means it's 
too old to be useful anymore and it's time to send it away to be put down. But we still use the word knackered now to mean very, very tired. And it's very common. And to be honest, when you use the word, most people don't think of, of, of horses that are going to be killed. That's not the, the image that you're invoking. Not really. Nowadays, it, we just instantly think of someone who's tired, a person who's very tired. So despite the fact that it's actually about the death of a, of a horse, the word knackered um, is very commonly used just to mean exhausted. All right, I'm knackered. I'm going to go home. I'm going to put my feet up and I'm going to get some kip. I'll see you later. Right, the next word is, is a knees up knees up you know your knees they're in the middle of your legs k n double e s your knees um if you have a knees up it means that you're going to have a party you're going to have a dance now a knees up is kind of a cockney thing really come on let's go down the pub and have a knees up knees up mother brown knees up mother brown so it's it's very much a cockney thing but we also use the word knees up you know let's have a knees up um yeah it's definitely a Cockney thing. I think it's a little bit old-fashioned now, but sometimes people use it kind of ironically. A knees up. All right. Uh, the next word is knob. Knob. This is another word with a silent K. So we've had knackered, we've had knees up, and now we've got knob. And that's K-N-O-B. K-N-O-B. And a knob, it's got two meanings. The one meaning of the word knob is your penis, your willy. I say your willy if you're a man, if you're a man with a, with a willy, if you're a man with a penis. If you're a woman, you would use the word knob to refer to someone else's penis, unless you've, you've got one. I mean, I don't know, maybe you've got one in a jar or something. I've, I don't know what, what you do with, it, with your time. But, okay, the word knob is basically another slang word for a penis. It's not very rude. It's not rude, okay? It's quite a safe word, really. Obviously, it's a little bit rude because you're referring to a private part of someone's body. You're referring to some genitalia. But generally, the word knob isn't really that rude. Um, so, knob, yeah. So, for example, I can't believe, I can't believe he got his knob out. Meaning, I can't believe he took his, his penis out of his trousers. I can't believe that John got so drunk and got his knob out in the karaoke room. What a disaster. Yes. Okay, so um, a knob is a, a willy or a penis. Uh, knob. Um, but also, that we use the word knob. The, the other meaning of it is um, just an, an idiot, a twat, a fool, someone you don't like. It's like, yeah, you're going to meet my brother-in-law at the party, but to be honest, he's a bit of a knob okay if he acts like a knob just ignore him okay because he's he's a bit of a knob to be honest meaning he's a bit of a uh, an idiot bit of a dickhead bit of a fool um, a knob so those are two slang uses of the word knob now the normal use of the word knob i guess is kind of closer to the word penis uh, a knob is like a handle something that you uh Something that you hold on to in order to, for example, open a door or open a drawer. It's like um, if you have to open a cupboard, there might be a knob. Not a handle. A handle is normally curved. And you put your whole hand around it and uh, pull it down to open something. Uh, a knob is usually like round or um, 
usually round. You know, if you need to open a drawer to to get some socks in your bedroom, you you hold onto the knob and you pull it and then you open the drawer. So you can see how we use the word knob to refer to the word penis because it's something that you you hold onto and pull with your hand. This is rather a rude episode of Luke's English Podcast, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? If you're offended by any of the issues which have been raised in this episode, then I recommend that you um, you just sort of go, go to bed, stuff some cotton wool in your ears, um, and just try and forget about it, okay? If you're not offended then let's carry on, shall we? So a knob is a penis. It's also a handle which is used to open a door or a drawer or something. And it also refers to an idiot, a twat. He's such a knob. I'm not going to invite him to my party again. I can't believe he got his knob out in the middle of the party. What an idiot. Um, Okay. Then another slightly rude word that begins with a K which has a silent K at the beginning, and that's knockers. Knockers. Uh, K-N-O-C-K-E-R-S. And knockers are breasts, boobs, tits, mammary glands. Knockers, okay? Yes, there you go. This is like a sort of proper kind of tabloid, uh, gutter-level episode of Luke's English Podcast, isn't it? All the rude words are coming out. Um, knockers. So she got her knockers out. Why am I saying that? I mean, does this reveal something about English culture that we are rather unsophisticated people? We can be. It's ironic, isn't it, the English? On one hand, we are considered to be extremely sophisticated, very posh people. You know, you think of the royal family, you think of that image of the English gentleman, very uh, respectable, uh, very well-mannered, very well-educated gentleman. But then, on the other hand, you've got the the kind of English hooligan, the drunken football fan, the unsophisticated monster, the the barbarian, you know? Uh, The guy who goes out drinking on a Friday night and then gets his knob out. The girls who go and get drunk. They go out to nightclubs wearing virtually no clothes. And on the bus back home... When they're drunk, they might get their knockers out if they see someone from the window. What kind of um, what kind of unsophisticated monsters are these people? And then on the other hand, yes, you've got the royal family. There's Prince Charles. He's very refined. Um, he speaks perfect English. So what's going on in my country? Well, we have a very wide range of different types of people. Despite this, you know, you might have stereotypes that all English people. You know, all English people are snobbish, posh twats. It's not true. Some people are rude, unsophisticated twats. Um, And some people are just normal, uh, somewhere in the middle. So we've got like a range. On one hand, uh, very posh, very sophisticated gentleman, like Prince Charles. And on the other hand, we've got the unsophisticated hooligan, like maybe Wayne Rooney, or somewhere in the middle of the two, Maybe Prince Harry. Okay, so there we go. Um, knockers, meaning boobs, breasts, tits, um, and so on. There's there's loads of other words for a, a lady's um, chest, um, uh, uh, her, 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 her bust. Um, I'm sure you can find other words if you look up look at it uh, online. Be careful though if you're googling the word breasts on uh, the internet. 
if you're in a public place. Don't do an image search if there are people around you because it could be embarrassing. Um, just do a, 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 a vocab search. Define breasts. <laughs> Why would you be doing that? I don't know. Maybe you're into, into that kind of thing. Um, yes. Well, if you look up the word knockers on like uh, the, what is it? The, um, the Urban Dictionary. Go to the Urban Dictionary on the internet and look up the word knockers. You'll probably find a bunch of other words that mean breasts. But really, the most common ones are tits and boobs, okay? And knockers to an extent. Right, let's move into the letter L. And we've got the expression, leg it. Quick, leg it. Leg it. Right? Here's a, yeah. Leg it. (laughs) All right, you got that? Leg it. Quick, leg it. Here come the police. Leg it. Security guard, leg it. All right, leg it means leg it. You know, your legs, we use them to walk or to run. So leg it means run. Run for it. Run away. Leg it. There you go. So you'd shout this as a way of telling you and telling your friends to run. So usually it's the sort of thing that is said by kids or young people who've who are being caught doing something naughty, something that they, they shouldn't be doing. So let's say some some kids are where let's okay, when I was a kid and I used to live in the countryside um sometimes we used to to be honest we used to sneak into the back garden of a neighbor of ours i'm not proud of it but it's the kind of thing that you do when you're a kid isn't it now our neighbor had this amazing garden he had a huge back garden with loads of amazing hedges it was like a maze of of hedges all right and um we used to sneak into his garden and we used to play around in the hedges. We'd like crawl around, hiding in the hedges. We'd get lost in the maze and we'd just play. It was an amazing place to play because it was so mysterious. You know, this this kind of, um, all of these these hedges and, and uh, these like pathways between the different parts of his garden. It was an incredible place to play. The, 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 the guy who owned the house was very proud of his garden and he used to, you know, do lots of work on it. So obviously he hated it when we um when we used to play in this area now this guy this old guy was quite famous for being um really bad tempered like really bad tempered and he absolutely hated us he also was famous for having a large gun he had a shotgun which he used to use to kill moles in his back garden a mole is is an animal that digs around under the ground and when they when they arrive on the surface, they create a mole hill, right? You know, like a little mountain, a small mountain of, of earth that's pushed out of the ground by the mole. A mole, you know, a blind animal that digs underground, a mole. And so this guy would deal with moles by shooting them with a, with a shotgun. So if he noticed a mole hill arriving in his garden, he would point the shotgun into the ground and boom, just destroy the mole. Yeah, yeah, that's right, animal lovers. Yeah, he used to just murder moles because he loved his garden so much. So he was willing to protect his garden with a shotgun, right? So when we were playing around in the back garden, if, if we noticed him coming out of the house, usually one of us would go, quick, here comes Mr. Needham, leg it. 
Mr. Needham was his name. Leg it. Yeah, there you go. Leg it. Um, meaning run, leg it. Okay. The next uh, expression is, um, is uh, the expression left, right and centre. Left, right and centre. And that basically means everywhere. Everywhere. Right? Left, right and centre. So I've been looking left, right and centre and I just still can't find it. Meaning I've been looking everywhere and I can't find it. I've been searching all over and I still can't find it. Left, right and centre. Um, everywhere. Yeah. So again, I mean, let's see, let's see, left, right, and centre. There's, there, there were. All right. So if you go to a, a protest, okay. If you go to a, a protest um, in the street and you're protesting against something the government has done, and then and then suddenly the protest sort of goes a bit nasty, and there's police everywhere. You could say when you when you come home, you could say, yeah, the protest, it went a bit wrong and. Um, suddenly everyone started shouting and, and start, people started throwing things and there were just there were police left, right and centre meaning there were police everywhere left, right and centre meaning everywhere okay um, the next one is a love bite a love bite um, it's a little bit a little bit rude but you know quite sweet really a love bite is um, a kind of kiss it's not really a kiss I suppose um, all right, let's see, let's see. Imagine your teenage son or your teenage brother um, has got a new girlfriend. He's 14 years old. No, let's say he's 16 years old, just to keep it within the, the realm of the law. Although kissing is not illegal at any age. But anyway, 16 years old, and he's got his first girlfriend. And he comes down for breakfast in the morning, and he's wearing a scarf around his neck. He's got a scarf on. And you say to him, hey, Johnny, why have you got a scarf on? It's, it's the middle of summer. Aren't you hot? And Johnny goes, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. It's, um, it's just comfortable. It's, um, it's, yeah, no reason, no reason. And you say to him, Johnny, come, come here. And Johnny reluctantly comes over to you. And you pull the scarf down. And you can see there's a big red mark, a round red mark on his neck. And you go, oh, my God, is that a love bite? Okay, so a love bite is the kind of thing that um, usually you do when you're when you're younger. You can do it when you're older too. There's nothing stopping you. But a love bite is a kind of um, it's not really a kiss. But if you're um, snogging someone, you might start kissing their neck, and if you then sort of suck like a vacuum cleaner on their neck, then you can create a love bite, and it it leaves like a red mark on the neck where you've you've sucked uh, hard on that person's neck. So it's kind of a uh, kind of a sexy thing to do when you're young, but it also is a little bit embarrassing because it leaves a mark which everybody can see. So if you go to school and you've got a love bite on your neck, then everyone will start, you know, gossiping about you and they'll start, you know... Um, They'll start whispering. Is that, is, is, look at it. He's got a love bite. He's got a love bite in his neck. Can you see it? Um, and they'll start, you know, giggling and, and things like that. So a love bite. In America, that would be a, a hickey. Hickeys. H-I-C-K-I-E-S. Hickeys in America. Love bites in the United Kingdom. Um, right. The next one is the lurgy. The lurgy. L-U-R-G-Y. The lurgy. Um it's like where's uh, where's Jane? Ah, oh, she's got the lurgy today. She's in bed. She's she's in bed with the lurgy. All right. Okay. 
Or you might say, <coughs> what's wrong with you? You're feeling all right? <coughs> no, I've got, I've got a bit of lurgy. Or I've got the lurgy. So to have the lurgy or to have got the lurgy just means that you're sick, you're ill. Maybe you have the flu, you have influenza. All right. So like, don't come near me. Don't, no, no, don't come near me. I've got the lurgy. All right. Don't catch it. I've got the lurgy. Right. So where's Jane? Isn't she coming? No, she's got the lurgy. She's staying at home to have the lurgy. There you go. Lurgy is just a generic term for like a bad cold or influenza. The lurgy. All right. The next word is lovely. Right. In fact, not lovely. Lovely jubbly. Now, you know the word lovely. In Britain, we love to use this word. Oh, she's lovely, isn't she? For example, she's lovely. Uh, oh, that was absolutely lovely. Thanks. So lovely just means really nice. But there's also a version of lovely, which is lovely jubbly. And you have to say it with a slightly cockney accent. Lovely jubbly. Not lovely jubbly, but lovely jubbly with that ah sound. Lovely. Lovely jubbly. And that basically means lovely. It's just another way of saying lovely. But it was made famous by a TV show called Only Fools and Horses. And one of the characters in Only Fools and Horses says lovely jubbly quite a lot. It's kind of his catchphrase. The character is called Del Boy and he's like this kind of cheeky cockney guy, um, lovable cheeky cockney uh, guy and he often says lovely jubbly and that kind of has entered the popular vernacular and lots of people now say lovely jubbly so for example you might say lovely jubbly and it, it, it it's used with a bit of warmth and a bit of um, sincerity for example if you if someone gives you let's say you're really hungry and you go to the pub and you order a pint of beer and a pie and you get the pie in front of you and the beer and you go mm, lovely jubbly and then you start eating it you know so it's like a really warm sense of ah this is lovely lovely jubbly so you'd say it when you're really kind of satisfied and really happy about something all right um okay i think we've got time to do the letter m i've got a few words uh for the letter m so let's go so the the, the first word in the m category is the word man man so obviously we know a man you know man and a woman but man is used in english a lot um as a way of referring to uh, a, a male friend so you know we say all right mate we can also say all right man man so um yeah i've i've mentioned it before in other episodes for example i said things like this is moody man it's well moody man so man just is like something you add on the end of a sentence when you're talking to one of your friends, particularly only if it's a male friend. You don't say man to to a girl. What do we say to girls? Um, I mean, it depends, doesn't it? What do girls say to each other? All right. Um, they don't really say the same thing. There's other things they say. Hun, meaning honey. Babes, you might hear. It's a good question, actually. But certainly man is used to refer to a male friend. All right, man. You know, it's like, uh, there you go, man. Uh, this is moody, man. Um, yeah. 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 No way, man. It's kind of, I guess, originally it's, it's a bit of a hippie thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, man. 
Um, there you go, man. There you go, mate. It's very common. It's very, very common. Not just in British English. In America, they say man all the time as well, don't they? Um, so the next word is mate. And I've just mentioned that. All right, mate. Um, your mate is a friend or a, or a, a chum, a pal, friend. In America, they might say buddy or bro. For example, in England, we say mate. All right, mate. How's it going, mate? All right, man. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to get a few mates together and we're going to go uh, paintballing. Do you want to come? Nah, it's all right, man. No, I, I don't like paintballing. Really? You don't like paintballing? Why not? Oh, last time I went paintballing, um, someone shot me in the ass. What? They shot you in the ass. Yeah, someone shot me right in the ass. It really, really hurt. It really stings. So, no, it's all right, man. Uh, I'm not up for it. Meaning, I don't want to come. I'll meet you in the pub later, though, if, if that's what you're going to do. Yeah, 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 we'll be in the pub. All right, well, I'll see you there about, what, six o'clock? All right, man, see you later. All right, mate, see you later, bye. Okay, there you go, man and mate. Um, the next word is the word mental. He's absolutely mental, meaning crazy... Okay, so mental really just means crazy. He's absolutely mental. Um, so, like, I can't believe that John did all those shots and then got his knob out in the karaoke room. He's mental. It was absolutely mental last night. You know, hey, you should have come to that party. It was mental, meaning it was crazy. All right. And... Um, Okay, the next word is the word Moorish. Moorish. M-O-R-I-S-H or M-O-R-E-I-S-H. So if something is Moorish, it means you want to have some more of it. So you might say, oh, these peanuts are really Moorish. Yeah, or like, uh, um, do you want some chocolate? Watch out, they're very Moorish. Um, do you want a chocolate? They're very Moorish. So if something's Moorish, it just means you, you want to just keep eating it and eating it and eating it. It's not really addictive, because if something is addictive, that just means that you can't break the habit of doing it. Like smoking is addictive. Heroin is addictive, apparently. Um, Moorish is just something that you, you have one and you want to have another one and another one and another one. So, for example, if you have some crisps, if, you, if you're eating crisps, uh, crisps, Sps. That's a bit like the word wasps, isn't it? Wasps, crisps. Anyway, if you're eating crisps, can you do that? Not, uh, not that many um, learners of English can do that. That's, uh, that's a tricky word for some learners of English to do. Crisps. Can you do that? Crisps. Um, anyway, if you're eating a bag of crisps and you think, I'll just have a few crisps. I'll just have one. I'll just have one because I'm on a diet. And you have one. And then you're like, oh, I really want another one. Those those crisps are so Moorish. There you go, Moorish. You just want more and more and more of it. It usually applies to food. Okay, I can't think of much many other examples of things that are not food that are Moorish. Basically, it's food or drink that's Moorish. Yeah, okay. Not addictive, because addictive is more about like habit. You know, if you smoke cigarettes enough, then you have to smoke every day. But Moorish just means that you, you, if you start a packet of crisps, because they're Moorish, you have to finish that pack. It doesn't mean that you, your life is dedicated to eating crisps. It just means that 
you know, if you have one, you have to have more because they're so Moorish. Um, the word mug, mug, M-U-G. So a mug is also a kind of cup that you use to drink tea or coffee. You know, when you, when you go to Starbucks and you order a coffee to have in, if you're going to stay in and drink your coffee in the, in the Starbucks, they'll give you the coffee in a mug, a Starbucks mug, right? Uh, so that's a mug. But we also use the, mug, the word mug to mean that someone is a bit stupid uh, or a bit gullible. So you mug. You're such a mug. So someone who's stupid, um, also someone who's gullible. Gullible, what does that mean? Well, if someone's gullible, it means that they will believe anything, right? I can't believe it. You're so gullible, right? Um, you can play a trick on someone. It's, a, it's quite a stupid trick, but it's quite a good test to see how gullible they are. And you say to them, hey, did you know that, um, you know that they've, they've brought out a new dictionary, um, Oxford just released a new dictionary and they made a few changes to the, the dictionary. Yeah, they've removed the word gullible. So the word gullible isn't in the dictionary anymore. Yeah, because they decided that it's not really a proper word. No one, no one really uses it anymore. So they've removed the word gullible from the dictionary. And your friend goes, oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know that. Okay, so if, if someone believes that, um, that the word gullible has been removed from the dictionary, then that's kind of ironic because... To believe that, you have to be very, very gullible, don't you? So only a gullible person would believe that they'd removed, you know, the word gullible from the dictionary. Another word, another example of someone being gullible would be, um, okay, if you just tell a lie to someone and they accept it really, really quickly. So if you say, for example, hey, go down to the Apple store because they're just, they're giving away iPhones. They're just giving them away. Uh, why is that? Why? Well, you know, Apple decided that they'd made enough money now. So they, they, they thought that they would just help people by giving iPhones away. So why don't you go down and get one? Really? Okay, I'm going to go down there now. Um, so that is a really gullible person because they would believe that. Obviously, Apple would never just give away iPhones. No, their whole reason for existence is to make money from selling them. Um, all right, so gullible. And um, a mug, someone who is a mug, would be gullible person or someone just stupid. You stupid mug. Right. Um, yes, so um, we also have the expression to mug someone off. Are you mugging me off? Are you mugging me off, mate? Meaning, are you treating me like a mug? Are you try? Are you are you um, are you treating me like a stupid person? Are you mugging me off? Meaning, are you trying? Are you lying to me? Are you trying to deceive me? Are you trying to fool me? Or are you trying to do something that's bad for me? Are you mugging me off? Don't mug me off, mate. Are you mugging my? Are, are you mugging me off in front of my pals? Meaning, are you making me look like a fool in front of my friends? Are you mugging me off? Don't mug me off. Yeah, to mug someone off is to make someone look stupid, I suppose. Um, don't mug yourself. Don't mug yourself off, meaning don't make yourself look stupid. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's probably the end of this episode. I've just done a load more um, slang words. We did haggle, uh, um, hard. He's really hard. Um, you know, oh, you think you're hard, do you? Come on then meaning uh, someone who thinks they're tough. Hiya, we did that one. 
it's just horses for courses, isn't it? Really, we had that hump. She's got the hump, mate. She's, she's got the hump. No, I'm. I'm. Can I stay at your place? Can I keep on your sofa tonight? It's just my girlfriend's got the hump with me. No, I, I don't want to go home this evening. So hump, uh, hunky dory. Everything's hunky dory. Hey, uh, how's how is everything at home? Oh, it's hunky dory. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm easy. What do you want to do tonight? Do you want to go to the pub or do you want to stay at home and play PlayStation? I'm easy. I don't mind. Um, irony or sarcasm. We talked about that a little bit. Jammy, meaning lucky. You jammy git. Right? Kip. So I'm just going to get some kip, meaning I'm going to have a sleep. I'm absolutely knackered. I'm going to get a bit of kip, okay? Right. Knackered, meaning excited. Knees up. Let's have a knees up, meaning let's have a party, a little bit old-fashioned and a little bit cockney, but you might hear it in, in movies or TV shows. Knob, he got his knob out, what an idiot. Someone, you know, he needs to, he needs to stop drinking, for example. Uh, what a knob, he's such a knob. Knockers, meaning breasts or boobs or tits. Um, leg it, meaning run away. Left, right and centre, meaning everywhere. A love bite or a hickey uh, on your neck. That would be embarrassing. Lurgy. Don't, no, don't hug me. I've got the lurgy. I don't want to spread it. The lurgy. Lovely jubbly, meaning lovely from that TV show, Only Fools and Horses. All right, man. Yeah, there you go, man. Man, meaning friend. And mate, meaning friend. All right, mate, how are you doing? Mate. Mental. Absolutely mental. Crazy. Moorish. Oh, those... Those peanuts are really Moorish. Um, and you, stupid mug. Are you mugging me off? There you go, folks. That's the end of this episode. Stay tuned for more um, slang episodes in the future and all kinds of other surprises from Luke's English podcast. If you have questions or comments, of course, you can um, either send me an email at luketeacher at hotmail.com or you can just leave comments on teacherluke.wordpress.com. Um, and that's about it. Um, I hope you're um, managing to download the episodes. There has been a little bit of disruption recently. Um, I'm still in the process of changing everything over to Audio Boo, and almost all of it's been done now. Um, it's just that um, I'm now waiting for iTunes to update. Um, so that means that uh, basically... At the moment, iTunes is still getting all of the episodes from Podomatic. And because Podomatic is basically shut down, my, my Podomatic account is closed now, um, there are no episodes available through iTunes. But soon, the Podomatic feed will be supplied from Audioboo, and then you'll just be able to download every episode of Luke's English Podcast, all the old ones and the new ones, just as normal, using iTunes. You won't need to change anything. Your subscription will continue as normal. That's the plan. Thank you again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. If you feel like rewarding me for my hard work, then you can. You can just leave a donation. Visit teacherluke.wordpress.com and there's a donate button on the top right corner of the screen. And um, I would appreciate it massively if you could uh, just send me a little bit. You don't have to send me a lot as much or as little as you like. It would be greatly appreciated. Your donations keep this podcast alive. Thanks very much again and have a great day, a great evening or a great night or morning, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. 
Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com.